Oh, hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Zach Talander. He's a weightlifter, coach, YouTuber, and all-round fascinating human. He's a good buddy of mine, and we've been meaning to catch up for ages. So we did it. ZT joins me today to talk about the world's most pressing issues, things like why Elon Musk's silence is violence, why the satanic temple is stepping into Texas's abortion debate, why I got involved in TikTok drama, the implications of men leaving college at record rates, whether Joe Rogan will sue CNN, why the new Matrix trailer is so good, my obsession with airsoft YouTube channels, and much more. Let me know what you think about this one. I really, really enjoyed having Zach back on the show. He's on about 18 months ago, and we've become really good mates since then. And it's just so nice to be able to riff about the madness that's going on in the world. And I think Zach's a good chalk to my cheese, like two peas in a pod or buns in an oven or some other analogy. But yeah, if you enjoy it, let me know or leave a review or comment on YouTube or something because I'm pretty keen to bring him back on more regularly to just try and decipher what is going on on this little planet. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Your business gets to a certain size and the cracks start to emerge. Things that you used to do in a day are taking a week. You're drowning so much, you've now promoted your dog from company mascot to customer service representative. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025 and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, that is the 25th year anniversary of NetSuite. 25 years of helping businesses to do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system. With one source of truth, manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash modern. That's netsuite.com slash modern to get your own KPI checklist today. This episode is brought to you by Crafted London. Finding men's jewellery that doesn't suck is very difficult and Crafted London have nailed it. They're the number one men's jewellery company worldwide. They're sweatproof, waterproof, heatproof, and gym-proof. They've got custom designs in gold and silver, necklaces, chains, pendants, bracelets, rings, and earrings. If you've seen me on any of the big cinema episodes on YouTube wearing a necklace, it will always be from Crafted. I absolutely love it. It works with formal wear, casual wear, whether it's daytime or nighttime. All of the pieces are super high quality. The designs are great, and uh, I love them. That's It's all I wear. Also, they have an unlimited lifetime guarantee so if your piece breaks for any reason at any point during the entire life of the product they will give you a new one for free get a 15 percent discount site-wide on everything by going to bit.ly slash cd wisdom and using the code mw15 at checkout that's bit.ly slash letter c letter d wisdom and mw15 at checkout this episode is brought to you by AG1. AG1 is a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Even with the best diet in the world, it is hard to make sure that you get everything that you need. And through a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food-sourced nutrients, AG1 delivers comprehensive support for the brain, gut, 
and immune system. This is why Joe Rogan and Lex Friedman and Dr. Andrew Huberman and Tim Ferriss are all massive fans. They have tried every other product out there like I have, and this is by far the best one available. Since 2010, AG1 have improved the formula 52 times in the pursuit of making the best foundational nutrition supplement possible through high quality ingredients and rigorous standards. Also, there's a 90 day money back guarantee, so you can buy it and try it for 89 days. And if you don't like it, they'll just give you your money back. Head to drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom for that 90-day money-back guarantee, a year's free supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs, and more. That's drinkag1.com slash modernwisdom. But now, it's time for the wise and wonderful Zach Talander. Zachy boy, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be back. How long's it been? A year? Year and a half, dude. Yeah. A year and a half. Wow. Fucking crazy. Yeah, really crazy. Things have happened since then, huh? You've moved. Were we in pandemic mode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay. that that thing hasn't changed. Oh, okay. So that's that's the <laughs> constant uh, throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I've moved. I've moved to Austin where everyone seems to be moving. Um, you know, me, Joe Rogan, Lex Friedman, we're all boys now. All the big ones. Yeah, no, I don't. Um, I was here before them, so I can just, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. What was that Elon Musk thing that you tweeted me the other day? Uh, so this is an interesting one. Cause yeah, this is an Austinite, right? Elon Musk coming here. Another one of your um, boys. Yeah. Another one of my boys. He's part of my posse. Uh, so I saw some some blue checkmark Twitter guy was like, um, next time you go car shopping and are looking at a shiny new Tesla, remember that this motherfucker so many people thought was so cool will not stand up for a single woman in Texas after having just moved his company there. Uh, and then he quotes, I would prefer to stay out of politics. So this is, this is Elon Musk's uh, quote or his tweet. In general, I believe... Government should rarely impose its will upon the people, and when doing so, should aspire to maximize their cumulative happiness. That said, I would prefer to stay out of politics. So, so the reason I sent that to you is because that, to me, is it's a very interesting one. What is your moral obligation um, to say something? Uh, even though you don't want to. Are you a good person for saying something? Are you a bad person for not saying something? Um, are you even allowed to not say anything at all? And it it like really messes with my head, right? It's like, at what level does saying something matter? You know, 10,000 followers, 50,000 followers? What does that mean? And so that's something that I, I like, I would like to talk through because I'd, I, I still haven't formulated a a real opinion on the matter. The maddest thing is that that guy got angry. Like, from Elon, that is demonstrably the most polite, balanced right? tweet ever. <laughs> you, can't, you cannot be more balanced than that. It's so nice. It's like, look, I really but, don't want the government to get into people's business. If they do get in people's business, they should try and make them happy. That being said, I'm not a politician. And you're like, okay, so- Look at this man flying, <laughs> flying cars to Mars. How dare he not step into our politics? This is why fucking everything's politics now, man. 
I know. So, so, so I'm not fucking insane when I, when I say like, wow, that sounded really, really mild. You know, that sounded like really, really mild. I don't know uh, if I could be outraged at someone saying something so goddamn mild. It's interesting. It's like, well, he didn't say exactly what I wanted him to say when I wanted him to say it. Now, what if he just didn't make a tweet? Was was he required to make a tweet or something? Okay. No, oh, no, he wasn't required to make a tweet at all. But the, the, So then... So what if he didn't say anything at all? He would probably end up getting asked in a press conference or something. I don't. It's really, really weird. This is very, very, very strange. It's an if, interesting question, right? Like, what requirement do you have as a person of influence to weigh in on a conversation that you don't care about? So I asked someone this question the other day about Joe Rogan. Is it Joe Rogan's responsibility to... Let's say that he doesn't care about COVID. Let's say he doesn't give a shit about COVID. Um, is it Joe Rogan's responsibility to have conversations about it simply because he has a platform that allows him to reach a lot of people? Is it Elon Musk's responsibility because he has a large platform and he's an influential person to talk about... I, I think this was in response to Texas's abortion law, right? Yes. Um, so I have an answer for this. Well, it depends on what side they're going to take. Okay? It depends on... If Elon Musk is, uh, you know, for abortion, well, he probably shouldn't have spoken up. But if he, uh, you know, is or sorry, sorry, if he is for the six week ban on on abortions, um, well, then he probably should have shut up. Right. But if he has any inkling of, uh, you know, dissent from Greg Abbott and his decision, then, yes, he needs to speak up. Right. Well, it this is, by the way, this is not my. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not swaying either way. I'm just saying it's like... What, are you not committing, it, part, Zach? Are you not committing? Are you not having an opinion? This is being a fucking Right, but see, if, it, if it's not your opinion... Lay your it, opinion it, down on the line, Zach. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing here? Do you know you how have, many people fought for the vote so that you could have the vote and the freedom in the fucking South of America to drive your big stupid truck around? And you're not taking advantage of the opportunity to do that. You know... <sighs> you have a voice. Use it. What what about this though? How about when when what what about when we take people we're mad at people for not speaking up because they have a platform, but at the same time we will diminish their opinion because they're not a professional in said thing that we want them to talk about. You know, it's like if Joe Rogan says something about politics, maybe maybe that that's not the greatest example but someone could say fuck that guy he's a comedian what does he know about politics that's only if he doesn't agree with your point of view exactly but if he does agree with your point of view it's his obligation to speak upon po- politics but you all can't that people win. are doing all that everyone's looking for each side is looking to get the biggest gun that they can and bring it to the fight what's the largest artillery battering ram that we can bring have we got Joe Rogan on our side? Have we got Elon Musk on our side? And then if you find out that he's actually firing against you, if he's batting for the other team, you go, you do what you can to discredit. I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious, right? Like it's just normal human political status game playing. When somebody's on your side, you back them up, you enhance their credentials. When somebody's on the other side, you try to diminish their impact. Yeah, it's uh People are so easily propagandized. Is that a word? Propagandized? Yep, I think so. And um, it, it, it has to be right or wrong, good or evil. And if some people are figuring out 
you know, not that they're in between, they're literally waiting and they're just figuring things out and they're trying to develop an opinion or yep. taking in more things. It's your fault for not doing it fast enough. Yeah. And I'm definitely one of those people. So and I know is, you are too. Yeah. So my, <clears throat> my website says learning out loud. Like that's the tagline. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to work out my views in the world. The problem is people jump to conclusions because being an absolutist or having a non-nuanced point of view comes across like authenticity and authority. If you are just completely like single-minded about this topic and I know and my mind's made up, that looks a lot like being an authority, right? right. And, and, and really understanding your talking points. But the narrow-minded person and the person that's done all of the research kind of end up at the same point if they believe that same point of view. It's a person in the middle that gets absolutely wrecked for going, well, I actually think that I probably could do with being doing a little bit more research. Maybe it's not for me. This isn't the hill that I want to die on. In fact, I didn't even ask to be a part of this conversation. But I, here's another thing, man, regarding this, the, the new Texas abortion law, which for anyone that doesn't know is a law which outlaws abortion after six weeks and anybody that is caught assisting somebody that can even be like the uber driver that drives them to the planned parenthood place can be fined up to ten thousand dollars did you see that leaders of the satanic temple aren't just outraged with texas's strict new abortion law they say it's also a matter of religion did you see this no okay no, i have not so seen this leaders of the satanic <clears throat> temple Consistent with all our tenets that call for bodily autonomy and acting in accordance with the best scientific evidence, the Satanic Temple based in Salem religiously objects to many of the restrictions that state have enacted that interfere with abortion access, the religious group's website says. Temple officials are also taking matters into their own hands. Lucian Greaves, uh, the Satanic Temple's co-founder and spokesperson, said the temple has sent a letter to the US Food and Drug Administration citing religious freedom to seek the ability to provide its members with abortion pharmaceuticals as part of, and I quote, its satanic abortion ritual within the first 24 weeks of pregnancy. I thought, first off, that this was like some, you get pregnant. <laughs> I'm and sorry, then you are, we are we normalizing Satanism? It's is already that normal. Apparently at? they've got half a million uh, subscribing members, in, uh, Great. which is more subs than me and you have got. Uh, but to see, it I'm sure someone will find a way to slander my name for saying that, hey, maybe maybe being a Satanist isn't that great of a thing. Maybe, you know, maybe Satanism isn't a, 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 a good route to go down. Well, they are managing to I don't, get religious freedom here. So to qualify for abortion, <laughs> to, this is the thing, right? I thought... No, no, go, Okay, yeah. So I, I thought going. that what they did was it was some like really, really evil thing where people would get pregnant and then they'd like celebrate killing the baby. It turns out it's not that. It turns out it's even, it's kind of weirder than that. What they do, they deliver abortion pharmaceuticals. So they, they actually deliver it so that you go through the satanic temple, you get clearance from a medical professional, yeah. uh, and then they, they, it goes to the American College of Obst Obstetricians and Gynecologists. Uh, and then this is a quote from that guy who said, so it wouldn't really be any different if, to, if they just went to a practitioner and got it directly from them. It's just we would be the ones distributing it. So like they, they do multiple things. Not only do you go to them yeah. to worship Satan, but you can also... Have you have your abortion? 
But see, at what point does being a Satanist really mean being a Satanist? You know, a lot of times people will be like, hey, you know, you're, you worship the devil. And then maybe a Satanist back to them would be like, no, actually, we focus on the main tenets of, and they wouldn't even say the word Satan. They would, it has to do with choice and all this stuff when all of a sudden it's evolving into another religion in and of itself. You know, at, at a certain point, Regardless of whether they believe one thing or another, it is a pretty nice virtue signal for the Satanist. You know, that whatever the Satanist group is, to announce that they are providing uh, abortions or abortion it depends on what side of the aisle you're on. If you're if you're trying to get right. the conserv- if you're trying to get the conservatives to be all well, yeah, but you'll people. never get the conservatives when you're when your group is called a Satanist, but. You know, there's. I'm sure there's a lot of people on board with the Satanism, Satanists now, and I cannot believe this is our conversation. This is. I wait, I haven't finished. Believe it. I've got you. I've got another fucking one. So you thought that okay. the Satan thing was crazy. Okay, so um, this is an article that looked at the differences between men and women's views on abortion. So polls oh, I think consistently I saw this. show. Yeah, I shared it the other day. Polls consistently show that women are more likely than men to support a reduction in the abortion limit. In 2011, a YouGov poll, 28% of men supported a reduction, 46% of women did. 2012, 24% of men and 49% of women, so that's gone down for men and up for women. Uh, in an Angus Reid poll, uh, 35% of men, 59% of women, and then 45% of men and 59% of women. This raises some pretty big implications, the most obvious being that if it were left to women to vote on the issue with men out of the picture, there's a good chance that the result would be in favour of restricting abortion. On the flip side, if only men voted, they'd almost certainly vote in favour of women's reproductive rights. Let's break that down, because that's really interesting. Why is that? Why is that? They put forward a bunch of different potential explanations. Yeah. Um, one of them being that women who go through childbirth are part of that group. And if you've had a child, if you have given birth to a child, right. your support for abortion seems to go down quite yeah. sort of rightly so. You've, it's <clears throat> magical. You realize that this is the sort of thing you want your friends to enjoy yep. and experience and build families. Yep. That makes sense. And then... <laughs> I, I just think of like, whenever I think of more men, if, if it was possible, I mean, this is what I would think is more men want abortion because it's just a bunch of bros who don't want kids, you know, it's, it, but obviously it's not the case. Wait, no, it is the case, right? So men, men are vying for more abortion or more men are vying for abortion rights. That's correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. Because so we're just a bunch of bros that dude, don't want to have it. kids. So what they're saying is that this is <laughs> this is this still got linked around somehow. This got linked around to the misogynistic patriarchal substruct substrate construct that overarches everything. And said, so, "Well, look, what's happening here? This is obvious. It's obvious that men are just trying to control women's bodies. Still, they're permitting them to have their body, their choice. But this just permits men to spray it around as much as they want and not really time their withdrawal method too well." Yep. Wait, so that, wait, I'm sorry. So the assumption that more men would vote for abortion leads you to that, or is it the other way around? So men want to have a reduction in the number of restrictions on abortion, which means that more people will be able to get them, which would permit them to have more sex more liberally with less protection and less good timing on their withdrawal. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, um, 
there there is no opposing the argument because you use the opposition of the argument against them. There's a really good one. Um, <clears throat> the I forget who it was. It was one of the Gracies, which the Gracies are the founding uh, family of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And there is this lore of, I, I think it might have been Helio Gracie, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But he went to fight uh, Kimura, which now is a common, uh, it's a common like attack that we use in jiu-jitsu. And Kimura is a Japanese, I think like judoka, so judo, whatever. And um, they made this huge thing that, um, you know, it was a, it was a massive fight and Helio was like 50 pounds underweight and, you know, gave Kimura the greatest fight of his life and Kimura ended up beating him. Um, fast forward to, you know, later, I think it was Hicks and Gracie. Um, and did you have him on your show, by the way? No, I decided against it. Okay. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit, but uh, you read his book, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. So basically Hicks and Gracie, I think was beat by someone. Um, and what the Gracie said was he used good, ju- like Gracie style jujitsu to beat us. I'm not sure if they said that against the, about the Kimura fight, but that's kind of the idea is like, even if you beat me, you know, it's because of the ideas that I had that you beat me. Yeah. Right. Which is the same thing here. Well, what's happening here is that you have, you have an ideology and then you try and wrap you trap uh, wrap reality around that ideology, so it's yeah. unfalsifiable. And no matter what direction you come at it from, it's still yeah. I mean, that's what, always you're fun, in, isn't it? You're in Austin, Texas, yes. right now. I mean, are the people on the streets very, fucking like protesting this? Is anyone talking about it in the gym? Uh, it's it's a very liberal city, so so people might not understand but that. But they must be pissed. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just go on Instagram and you can find a lot more pissed people about this, you know, across, across the country. It's very interesting that at the, in the same week that Greg, Ab- Greg Abbott, the governor, says that uh, abortions will not be allowed um, after six weeks uh, of pregnancy, that conceal and carry does not require... Uh, a license anymore what's that mean so you can conceal a weapon or a firearm uh without having a license or without having to get gain a license do you need a special kind of license to do a concealed carry because presumably you need one for the gun but then do you need extra training so i don't want to carry it that's usually the case right so you usually go to like a weekend training course you have to i think you have to take some tests and then you have to file and then you can get your uh, conceal and carry. And I believe that now it's almost completely gone that, that conceal and carry, you know, bylaw where you have to take a course. People walking around. So we like at the same week that we, we have now have like the most lenient gun control laws. We have the most (laughs) extreme abortion laws. (laughs) So people think that Texas is fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you go to, I'm telling you, Austin, primarily is a liberal city like very it's it's one of the you know portland's uh what's another very like san francisco it's a very liberal place people are obviously upset my my thing is this this it it to me 
the whole six week being the most the the most extreme abortion law in the country by far. It's more of a statement than than necessity. It's just trying to be extreme for extremes' sake. Do you think that's the so, same with the gun carry thing? Yes. So what's the yeah. goal? Why would Governor Abbott want this? I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I never really thought about the motivation. But these are things that certain people can do to, you know, I think obviously governors end up trying to run for president mm. or trying to run for Senate or, you know, House of Representatives. And maybe this is a ploy to gain you know, more conservative followers, people that are going to eventually want like yeah. the most possible conservative yeah. candidate. Is it, running. is it Ron DeSantis that's in Florida? Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. crushed it the last sort of 18 months, right? Like he's, his. Yeah. Well, it depends on what side you're, the roof. It, it, you know, it depends on what side you're on. I mean, I would say, again, I'm, I'm not going to try to lean any direction here because that's not my place. But again, I might get Elon Musk, Cook Elon Musk. If I, if I, if I don't say anything, if I don't make my position known, but yeah, you're right. I would say, you know, objectively his approval ratings have gone up, you know, everything's been, been good for him in Florida, but plenty of people would disagree with the things that he's done and the things that he said. Speaking of Um, guns, man, I've started, I've started getting into airsoft YouTube. So oh yeah, the sniper. Have you seen the sniper videos? Yeah, yeah. Is it Gosh. Dutch? Dutch the someone he's called. Fuck, man. Anyone, <laughs> anyone that hasn't seen this, it is sick. So it's I just love that shit. These guys in full ghillie suits, full sort of military apparel, and they've got they're shooting plastic BBs, but these weapons that they have are so sophisticated, and they've got GoPros mounted on everything. They've got a GoPro through the scope of the sniper rifle. One on the gun so you can see the guy. One facing forward so you can see what he's doing. Man, it is, it's some of the best YouTube that I've ever watched. There's this one where he does no headshots and the guy starts complaining about headshots. So from 100 yards away, he hits this dude in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) You got to love YouTube rabbit holes. You have to love the random nature of them. What did I recently watch? Oh, I went down a cricket rabbit hole. Good man, that's better. That's more like it. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really, really, really cool. When you come over, we're going to go watch a match. Okay, cool. It's the, the what is it, 20s? 2020, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm down. I Dude, I, I saw there was like a a Netflix, or no, not a Netflix. I think it was a, like a Vice special explaining cricket. That's like the most American thing that you could have. Because we have those explaining, here's the history of baseball. Because over here, we've got no fucking idea. Yeah. Oh, it used to be played with a pig skin. And you're like, oh, it, right, it basically, basically, we invented baseball because we hated uh, the UK. Cricket, yeah. That's, you wanted that's your it. own bastardized version of cricket. Basically, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it came down to. Like, everyone Rebelling. was playing cricket over here. And then Fuck we it. did the old, uh, the old war. And then we were like, yeah, we can't be playing this shit. Switcheroo. Have you seen the new Matrix trailer? No, I haven't. Fuck. And I am a huge, by the way, I, I, I saw a screenshot of it and it was so, someone was like, this is, this is Neo playing Keanu, or fuck. Is this it is Keanu John Reeves playing, playing John Wick being Neo or something? <laughs> yeah. Because yes. he looks yeah. so much like fucking John Wick. Do you know why I okay. think it might have been? And this happened with, didn't it happen with that fucking guy that plays Superman? Didn't they? 
because he was in the middle of playing some other role where they wouldn't allow him to shave his beard off, Superman, the entirety of Zack Snyder's Justice League Superman thing, he had to have a beard and they CGI'd the beard off his face. No so, way. Hey, dude, I swear to God, the guy that plays Superman... You know they can just do makeup beards. No, so he didn't need a beard. He needed to not have a beard. You can't make okay. up a beard away. Yeah, but he wasn't allowed to ha- have to not have a beard for another movie. Yes, right? so but they had to CGI the fucking beard off. I know. What I'm saying with the other movie, they could have allowed him to shave his face and then oh, they put no, a no, fake no. beard on. No, well, fuck them. You know, whoever's got the con- whoever's got the bigger contract. Anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves. I reckon he might be ready for a new John Wick, and that's why they haven't allowed him to shave the beard. Oh, that's my theory. Anyway, the f- dude, the trailer. Did you not use the website that was up yesterday where you got to pick the red pill or the blue pill? No, I, I'm gonna do what it. What the fuck okay? are you doing? Listen, I'm a huge what is more Matrix important than fan. This? I am a massive, massive Matrix fan. Let me tell you, I like. I would say once a year, I sit down and I watch the trilogy straight up. And everyone loves to rip on um, what is it? Reloaded. Yeah. And the new one that's coming out is Resurrection. Resurrection. God, I can't. I, I can't even think of whatever that one. Third one. God, what? Oh, Revolutions. Yeah. So Reloaded and Revolutions, dude, they're good. They are good. Everyone they're thinks okay. they're No, they're good. No, they're I, okay. Okay, look, maybe maybe it's because I'm so into like the possibilities and yeah. like the the actual sci-fi that I can't even watch the but do you not like think- the cinematic do you not think that they lost a lot of that? Like the, the, the most interesting stuff was to do with the relationship between the real world and the machine world. And right. so much of that just got lost when you had these Dude. guys in these mech suits just shooting the ceiling for ages. Okay, and- but that shit didn't interest me. None of that shit interested me. The coolest thing, dude, was like the, the ending was so cool. It was so cool. Basically, the entire time they knew... Th- the whole purpose of the one and all of that wasn't a plant. Everything was a plant. But the, the thing that no one expected was that was Mr. Anderson. You know what I'm saying? And so when Neo allows himself to be overtaken by Mr. Anderson and then ends up destroying this thing, whatever it is, like to me, that thing kept me going throughout the entire thing i actually that's the thing i was blinded probably by how interested i was in the in the plot mm. you were able that, to get rid of the, the awful yeah like the dude shooting of the... the mech suits at the ceiling and stuff like yeah, yeah that probably sucked yeah, yeah i'd but except i don't even this remember. new trailer I dude, this, it out of my memory this new trailer fucking crushes yeah. it's i mean so good i'm sold yeah i'm so sold you're, you're i like I, so here's another thing right so I don't do I'm on I'm on TikTok technically I'm on TikTok but right. the guy that looks after my social media posts for me on TikTok so I don't I don't have the login oh, you got a social media guy oh yeah of course oh, yeah. that's a little humble flex for you there <laughs> so m- m- what's interesting right I got involved in TikTok drama apparently um because I posted a video about the friend zone not existing uh oh yeah and uh, people got upset but I didn't know that it was happening and then I got like a notification saying, hey man, like just FYI, one of these videos has sort of caught a little bit of fire and it had like 100,000 views or whatever. And some, some people were upset. But I remember 
noticing the fact that all of this shit was going on because of something I actually said, like I genuinely did say, and I still stand by it, that men overestimate the attraction that women have to them and women underestimate the attraction that men have to them, which means that the friend zone for one person isn't the same as the friend zone for another. In speed dating, self-reports of relative attraction, men presume that the woman is more attracted to them than she reports and women presume that the man is less attracted. So when you talk about the friend zone... If you are a man and a woman talking about that, you're talking past each other because the world that each of you inhabit is basically different, right? Yeah, yeah. People got upset. Uh, Here's the fucking takeaway. Drama happened and I wasn't involved. So I kind of watched it unfold and was like, huh, how silly. Like drama that I don't care about because it's just on this silly little app. I was like, oh, wait. That's all of the drama that I've been involved in for the last 15 years. The difference is that I've cared about these platforms (laughs) and I don't care about that one. Yes. Yes. I I totally, I, I, as a very casual TikToker, very, very casual TikToker, I made one that went semi-viral. I don't know how many views or likes or whatever it has at this point. I made it for fun and uh, like woke up the next morning and it was going, going pretty crazy and I was like, wow, this is so cute. Look at this little thing go, you know? And I realized, like, why would I not give legitimacy to this stupid app and then give legitimacy to a- anything else? You know, they're all owned by some, you know, asshole at the top that can shut it all down at any point. And, like, the <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like, the TikTok space, it's just going to turn into everything else. I think there I think we're still in this like wild west uh phase of TikTok and maybe there was a wild west phase of Instagram and that I think that's ending literally as we speak. Um and there's a wild west of Reddit and I'm sure that's going to be shut down pretty soon. Uh what do you think, think happens? That, What's the difference between when it's a wild west and when it's not? Well, when it's a wild west thing it's like people are still trying to navigate it so it's like you don't you see some pretty crazy stuff. You see some stuff that maybe you shouldn't see. You post things you shouldn't post. Um it's kind of great actually. You really get to see people for who they are and who and you know when what they comment. I on Instagram, I just said I love saying sarcastic shit to my friends, like making fun of them. Like if someone was like, what if I do this, blah, blah, blah. I go, well, it's because you're a fucking pussy and you should work harder. Totally a joke. One of my friends, they understand that's sarcastic. Boom. Immediately, I was silenced on Instagram for that comment. I've been reported for harassment and bullying. But not reported. I think the algorithm took that. You can't make a funny fucking comment anymore to your friend. Meanwhile, on TikTok, there's girls encouraging other ones to go and do anorexia oh, as fucking diet right. regimes. But the but the TikTok algorithm now is is starting to suppress everything. I mean, I I was um, one of my other TikToks did really really well. It was me reading uh, this guy's DM to uh, to another guy. It was like a shit talk, a UFC fighter. Oh yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. this UFC fighter is uh, a crazy person. He's an actual crazy person. Sean Strickland. That's Do you his train name. with him? No, 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 no. And uh, and this other guy, Dylan Dennis, who did some like jujitsu training for Conor McGregor. That's how he blew up. He's really nothing special. Uh, 
I'll, I will say this. I think he was a black belt world champion in the gi, uh, or he's he's won some major things. But um, he said, like, Sean Strickland posted something to his story, and uh, immediately after, Dylan Dennis was like, oh, so you had to take down that story post on me? Like, never come at the king. And then Sean Strickland goes on this diatribe about how he would – how he would um, make him see his own blood before turning his mind off for good. It, nothing would please him more than to take his life with his bare hands. Like, not the type of shit talk is like, you know, where you're kind of like pumping your chest. It was like the type of shit talk that a psychopath would make, you know? Like, I, I'm going to eat your liver with uh, some fava beans and a nice Chianti type of thing. Okay? And I posted that. I, th- I thought it was really funny. I posted that to Instagram, did really well. I posted that to TikTok, was taken down. Chinese so, don't like you, man. Chinese do not like you. But is that who's running like the... Fuck knows. I don't know. I don't, I don't get know. it. I, no one cares? knows anymore. <laughs> but it's a silly little app, man. And it's but so all of funny them are. how... That dis- was the thing. That was what made I know, me realize I know. it. I was like, God, I, because I, I watched it from the outside yes, and I was like, look, yes. my value judgment means that I'm not bought in personally to this. I don't care. So why do I care about all of you? Well, because those I, ones are the cool ones. Those are the yeah, ones but those are the ones. legitimate ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, they're all silly, and what we do is meaningless. I saw a tweet from the FDA talking about ivermectin that said, you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. That's Those are the people in charge of your country's Okay. Food and Drug Administration. Oh, okay, here we go. So, listen, the FDA, uh, from what I've seen, is is an absolute joke and can be bought and sold. Now, that doesn't that doesn't delegitimize the fact that you know one should or shouldn't get vaccinated. That's not what I'm saying. A lot of their suggestions on sugar intake, artificial, you know, sweeteners I- intake, like it's just off, and you can tell it's. They've been basically bought and sold rather than being outright and and forthright and telling people how they should, you know, eat and live better lives through the food that they eat. They, you know, allow these um, crispy donuts to give free donuts away to people that got vaccinated. Yes. And this is one of those things. And you'll see it on TikToks. Okay, I'm glad both of these things are are kind of coming full circle. <laughs> There's like friend zone TikTok, okay? And one of them is like dancing with my best friend and it's like, you know, it's a girl and a guy and they're like f- they're about to kiss and they fake kiss and then they start dancing or whatever. And all of the comments are talking about how great of a guy that guy is. It's like kind of the inside joke. It's like um like Let's say the guy's name is Chris, okay? The comments will be like, you know, my grandma was dying. She was dying. She was on the street dying, and Chris came out and and gave her open-heart surgery on the street. Thank God for Chris, or else my grandma would be dead. What does this have to do with the FDA? Okay, so MLB, Major League Baseball, comments, Chris invented baseball. Like, Major League Baseball, okay? you. So now you see... And by the way, that's a massive corporation, massive, so much money. 
and they're commenting on a viral TikTok about a kid getting friend zoned. They're trying to, it is now the usurping of being an actual advertisement, making an actual PSA. That is where we're at right now. The FDA will make a snarky comment on Twitter to sound cool saying, y'all, y'all are not cows. Y'all are not horses. Okay. That's where we're at. So you're saying that even the FDA will sell their soul for clout? Yeah, of course. I I wouldn't be surprised if the FDA hops on TikTok and starts making smarmy, snarky comments. I think it started with, you know, Slim Jim on Instagram? No. Honestly, one of the funniest, one of the funniest accounts. And no, no doubt about it has worked tremendously for their advertising. It's like... Slim Jim, Taco Bell, all these kind of like funny, they make, they do stoner comedy. They, a great way to promote your brand is comment well. I don't think anyone's fucking saying that. Everyone listening, everyone watching, write that shit down. If you can make a good comment, it's just as big now, if not bigger in some cases, than the actual content itself. Everyone loves those super threads where KFC goes at Burger King, goes at McDonald's, goes at Subway, goes at... Right, but and but think about it like this. If, if there's a piece of content that someone works tirelessly on and then someone comments something funny, snarky, and real and it gets 10,000 likes, that took them a fraction of the amount of, the amount of time with, you know almost as much of the interaction. And so, like, this is where we're at. When is that going to run out? When is that going to become yet. less funny? Not, not yet. Not yet, my friend. When not is yet. the FDA going to fucking make a comment on, you know, Doja Cat's next <laughs> tweet? And it, when is it not going to be fucking funny and When quirky? is the FDA going to start selling NFTs? That's did, what I want. I want an FDA people, NFT. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't even really know what an NFT is. I've got a and buddy I'm not, who's I don't, I don't care. Don't explain it to me. Rushing it, terrifying amounts of money. I, Scary. I, okay. I don't know. I so, don't. I don't really. Like, I, I understand what they, they are, but I think that most people like them in the same way that most people like crypto. And most people like crypto because they make tons of money off it. It's like, all right, if the ability to make profit from your Bitcoin or your Ethereum or your Litecoin or whatever, if that was taken away, how much would you still care about t- technology? Because everyone's like, bro, I'm for t- technology. No, you're not. You're for making t- money. That's what you're for, not to technology. You don't give a fuck about people in Africa that want to be able to send money back to their grandparents. You don't care about people that are in war-torn countries. What you care about is the fact that Bitcoin doubles every three years. That's what you're bothered about. Stop it. Just be open about it. I like Bitcoin because when I put money in, more money comes out. Wait, there are people that are saying otherwise. I was unaware of this. Well, they, there's people there, that there are hide, people that are like that are virtue signaling. They're they're there's people that hide their desire to invest in Bitcoin behind a screen that says, "I just love the technology. It's all about the blockchain. What I'm really excited uh, by are the okay, potentials yeah. for Web 3.0. I want to be able to own my own information." Uh, what a crock of horse shit that is. No, you want to be able to own a fucking huge mansion, and you think that having a bunch of Bitcoin is going to help you when the price rises. Yeah. Fuck you. No, the, How about that? No one, again, why do we have to fucking virtue signal for everything? Because if and, you were to admit the truth, it would be embarrassing. If you were to admit, I am a red-blooded capitalist that wants to make money by putting my money into this thing, I don't know, I, I know a bit about it enough to hold a conversation, but I don't really care. 
I don't really care about what it does, but I want to make money. People, wh what signals that? No one's going to like you for that. Of course you're not going to say that. What you're going to say is something nice and virtuous that makes you seem good and empathetic. Of course you are. Everyone's virtue signaling all the time. Actually, I, I did see that, by the way. Just by saying that someone is virtue signaling, almost you are virtue signaling because you're creating that separation between you and them. I'm not them. Yeah, so I have an episode yeah. with this guy called Will Store, which you're going to fucking love, about the status game. So it's all about this, all about how right. different people play status games. Fucking fascinating, man. You know that... that um I honestly, I, some of these things, some of these movies, some of these TV series, I think about all the goddamn time. Well, like, and one of them is that Black Mirror episode where it's like your social score. Credit one. score, yeah. That one I think about all the time. I really, really do. How do you think your social credit score would be? Oh, fuck. I think it would be, it would have to be high, right? Because just relative to the What about the, the porn that you watch? Well, that's the thing is like... That's a huge deduction right there. Yeah. Well, okay. Beyond porn, it's like if I like a porn star's picture. If I like, if I like a picture of somebody who has liked a tweet from Governor Abbott. Fucked. I'm fucked for that. Honest to God, I actually saw this thing where it takes an algorithm. They, people who are hiring people, they run your Twitter... Facebook, everything through an algorithm. They see who you liked and who you liked. What have they liked? And they can give you like this score on on the safety of hiring this type of person. Yeah, I what saw a does I saw a, a a guy who got denied a job or a job application or a job review. A bunch of his tweets got highlighted, and they'd printed off the last like three years of everything that he'd interacted with, they'd used some similar sort of program that had highlighted problematic tweets and problematic accounts that he'd followed. So yeah, I've seen something similar. Did you see that Rogan is talking about suing CNN for saying that he yes. was using, uh, what was it, horse dewormer, ivermectin? Okay, but okay, but listen, he went like this. He, he, he literally went like this. Should I, fucking, should I fucking sue CNN, dude? Like kind of like that. Very in passing. That just goes to show how powerful that dude's voice is. He opened the show talking about the dewormer thing, and he goes, "Shit, should I sue uh, CNN?" And like, I don't know. I, I don't know how serious that was. I don't think it's you very know? serious at all. But. No, but but um, it basically, it, it's really funny because I did see you know Philip DeFranco. You know Philip DeFranco. He's a you know big YouTuber, kind of like a news guy. And he's just like, I'm so sick of... He, he goes crazy. He goes crazy on Joe Rogan. And what's funny is... What does he say? If, I mean, he went, he went nuts. He was like, I'm so sick and tired of the same shit. Uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Joe Rogan not pushing the vaccine and, and giving misinformation and all of this stuff. And it, it sounded weird because it's like... Did you even watch the full video that Rogan had made? Again, it was so non-politically charged. It was so nice. It was so hopeful. He had a smile on his face. He was in his back fucking yard. He was, he was like, look, we did everything we could. We, we, we sent... Through I the mean, kitchen sink at it. We through had. the kitchen sink at it. I, you know, I had ivermectin as well. I had this, this, and this. I rested up. I stayed, and I feel great. 
and I'm just really happy to be here and I'm all this shit. And everyone took that and Philip DeFranco himself took that and was like, look at this fucking piece of shit. I, I'm sorry, if you were to take someone who had just never interacted with the world, just an alien, and brought them down here, and they watched someone say what they what they had said, they would have been like, oh, that's completely inconsequential, and I just don't give a shit because it was just so mild. And then they walk away. Is it not the same people that are saying Joe Rogan shouldn't have put this weird stuff in his body because it's a bad virtue signal to everyone else that are also saying my body, my choice with regards to the Texas abortion law? So, so, wait, say that one more time. People are complaining about the fact that Rogan's yeah. used experimental drugs on himself. Right. He is in a position of influence and other people may right. decide to do the same thing. That also say abortion shouldn't be restricted down to six weeks. My body, my choice. Well, see, Rogan's did, body, Rog- Rogan's choice. That doesn't work. Ah, interesting. You've thought about that one, huh? Just, well, just or did then. that just come to just, then. just Just came to your mind? Yep. Oh man, you're good at this. You're a pro. So, yeah, I mean, that's the always the cool, the funniest thing is if you're if you're saying, "Listen, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't want to take a vaccine if I don't have to." You better be saying, you know, you can get an abortion if you want, um, because it's your body, your choice. It's my body, my choice. Vaccine or not, whatever. And uh, that is a very, very interesting point. You know, the thing that's interesting, I think, about Rogan's situation is how the press responded to it. So it's the fact that every yes. opportunity for something to become politicized, someone tries to take them for part of his team. So because Rogan right. hasn't had the vaccine, the right decided to take this as this is an opportunity for one of our own to push back against this totalitarian state that's trying to force vaccines into our arms and so on and so forth. Every topic is an opportunity to score points. And and that sucks. I'm sorry. That sucks. I I I can't. When I was younger, I don't think that it was like this. Isn't it? I would like telling, to think so. Isn't it telling? That I would you like can't to remember whether it was or not. Why? Because probably because I've been so like immersed in what we do now that I can't even remember can't remember a world it, in you, which it wasn't like this. It's so wild, bro. So, so I've wild. been watching I've been watching a ton of the 9/11 documentaries recently. Yep. And when you see these people walking uh, going up and down escalators and no one's got a smartphone and you just see these people and they're stood there just holding the handrail and just looking. Okay. Just looking Surreal experience. as they sort of like look out of the fucking window and you're like god these people are psychopaths. What are they doing without a phone in their hands? There here's a surreal experience. Um and I wish all I have is this one image. Um, so basically, when smartphones smartphones started to come about, first there was like BlackBerry, and um, I don't know if did you ever have a BlackBerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so years. BlackBerry Message when you yeah, BBM, BBM people, you BB10. Oh God, that was the shit, bro. That was the shit. But if you lost and your phone, you had to get a new one because it was attached to the phone. It wasn't attached to the number. Yes, you had to get a new BBM. Oh my God. Okay, so. Even then, when we had smartphones, people weren't on them as much because Instagram wasn't around. And um, just going on the internet wasn't fun. It was like I would Google things, but it wasn't like bing, 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 like awesome, like swipe up, swipe down. Get That was the golden era because you had group yeah. chats. You were able to message girls. You were able to send photos and videos, could Google stuff. 
but you didn't get distracted with Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And so there was that, it's still the wild west of the smartphone. I love it, right? Okay. So then it kind of moves on to iPhone. And at one point, I realized that everyone was on their phone. And I swear, when I tell you this, I looked up from my phone one day and I saw every single person looking down at their phone. Every single person. I think it was either it was either a bus or an airport, right? Because that's what you do in these places. And I remember being like, wow, this is fucking weird. This is fucking weird. Everyone's looking at their phones. Old, young, it does, everyone is doing that? That's fucking crazy. And I remember for the next year and a half, I'm like, dude, this is fucking whack. Everyone is looking down at their phone you know, like the world is going on around you, all this shit. Now it's like, if I don't have this thing on me when I'm panic doing attack. anything boring, panic right? attack, total panic attack. If I see someone without their phone in front of their face, Psychopath. I go, what the fuck is wrong with that person? Yep. You know what I mean? But that, that era, it's really hard to think about, but there, I swear when I tell you this, there was a singular moment where I, where I, Finally, you watched the fucking precipice occur. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. The corner was was like one week prior. I wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah. That moment. And from every day forward, that is our reality. And it's only going to get even more trippy, man. Have you seen? So we looked at this Wall Street Journal article about the declining college rates for men. Have you seen this floating around? No, dude, this article is is fucking scary. So I've known this for quite a while, but it's really just starting to hit mainstream media and one of the reasons that it's probably not too popular amongst mainstream media is that it goes counter to a narrative that men are outperforming women and there's this oppressive patriarchal construct that's misogynistically trying to keep people down right. blah 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 are people still on that th- are people still on that massively kick? massively so okay the number of okay. men enrolled at two and four-year colleges has fallen behind women by record levels in a widening education gap across the u.s men are abandoning higher education in such numbers that they will now trail female college students by record levels at the close of the 2020-2021 academic year women made up 59.5 percent of college students an all-time high in men, 40.5%, according to enrollment data from the National Student Clearinghouse, a nonprofit research group in the US. Colleges and universities had 1.5 million fewer students compared with five years ago, and men accounted for 71% of that decline. In the next wow. few years, two women will earn a college degree for every man. American colleges have yet to reach a consensus on what might slow the retreat of men from higher education. I think people are <laughs> this could go a number of ways this discussion and I this is actually this is critical to where we are you know in society as a whole how valuable is an education and what about being a man would would provide a man to say this isn't as valuable you know as opposed to a woman what about their psychology is saying that or allowing that to happen? And then also, in what way will the media suppress this? You know, I'm if, not the, if the narrative is... So I'm not convinced that the media can really suppress the stats. Like you can, in, within 10 years, as you walk around on campus, you're going to see double the number of women as you do men. I don't know the equivalent for the UK, but in the US, that's going to be the case. Like there's, it's not about suppressing the stats. Like there is no suppressing that. 
some of the reasons that you could put forward for why this may have occurred is that there has been quite a negative environment for men generally in the universities. Um, quite rightly, women have had to have their spaces be made to feel better. The Me Too movement was like fucking long overdue to call powerful men to account for taking advantage of women. Yeah. Um, but what it's done is it's taken quite a broad brush and applied that to all men when the research suggests that it's a small minority of men that commit almost all of the sexual offences. This is what David Buss discovered, an evolutionary psychologist that I had on the show, that the vast majority of men aren't sexual predators, but a small number of men commit fucking tons of acts. But if you tar everybody with a, quite a broad brush, if you make it a little bit of a hostile environment in which men feel quite uncomfortable, then that's not so good. You've also got like the equivalent of affirmative, ac affirmative action programs that promote girls' success within high school and within college applications. I'm not sure if you have outright sort of gendered discrimination when it comes to accepting into courses. I would imagine no. Uh, but... I think it's significantly harder for boys to get through school if you are someone that's more physically minded, if you're someone who's got ADHD. But previously, there was so much prestige and status associated with an education right. that you would be able to, you would be prepared to go through that. There's a lot of discomfort associated with me sitting on my ass and fucking having to learn all of this stuff. And I want to be outside playing or play fighting or building something or doing whatever. But I'll get through it because the college is going to be worth it. And, um, yeah, now two to one females to males within the next 10 years at college. That is crazy. Two to one? Yeah. At every mental. college. Here's the thing. Um, and I think I might have talked about this on the, the last podcast that I did with you a year and a half ago. But colleges in America, and for those who are listening in the UK and the rest of the world, colleges in America are unlike anything you've ever fucking seen before. What do you mean? And all you have to do is go to a collegiate football game to understand exactly what I'm saying. They make millions of dollars off ticket sales per game. They make over, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars from any, anything from like selling apparel to food, TV rights, millions of dollars. Uh, all of this in as a way, you know, think about it like countries, the, what they do for the Olympics to kind of flex their prowess without actually having to go to war. This is what colleges are doing. And if to you show that prestige. Yes. Yes. And it is a war. It is an all out motherfucking war. And there's a, a conference called the SEC, which is the Southeast Conference. And that one is the most powerful one. Uh, as far as money, it's ridiculous. What's this got to do with men and women in college? Well, it's it's basically the importance of college isn't what we think it is. There's so much of it is like we have. So so I can speak from uh, a perspective of someone who lived in an area, a college station where Texas A&M is. There are 60,000 undergrads, 60,000 people at a school. That is ridiculous. The amount of money that goes into that school how much prestige is there really when there's 60,000 other people doing the same thing you are? Now, mind you, some of them are engineers, some of them are medical students trying to get law degrees. That's a different, you know, altogether. But what we have is this massive money-making industry trying to coax people to get into these colleges and go to college and maybe take on debt when the reality is there's not much prestige anymore. And maybe there never really was. 
but it's kind of starting to be exposed maybe i don't know so are you saying that girls that men have seen the the light and taken the red pill in in college and girls have still got the wool pulled over their eyes maybe honestly because think about how think think about how men interact with the internet and how it may be different with the way women do Mm. you know if you know, and this is again. This is we're talking through it here. This well, no, is all so I assumption. Think that, I think that you're you're actually onto something here. And the reason that I do is that for a long time, women were told the culture and the powers that be told women you have been oppressed for a very long time. Um, the only reason that you're able to get a job is that you've got to fight your way up there. This is something that you shouldn't deserve. The only way that you're able to get a, an education is because you've had to. So what that does is the the, the subtext to a lot of females is I. The only way that I can get this is if I really deserve it. It puts it on a pedestal. It adds prestige to college, fake prestige. That now, like when it's when you're talking fifty nine to to forty percent of sixty forty, basically in terms of the ratio, like it's obvious that it's not as difficult for girls to get into college anymore. But because you have this sort of lagging measure, that's all of these sort of tradition traditions in terms of culture that people have still got that in their mind. A lot of girls may still have the idea that I shouldn't be allowed to go to college. It still is something of prestige. This is me standing out. I think that there's something to that. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're coming from a a place of like, not vengeance, but this, this motivation that they're behind. Yeah. That they're behind. And this is their way to be in front. Yeah. That's, that's definitely possible. You know, it's going to be multifaceted. It's going to be something that is encouraging girls to go. It's going to be something which is discouraging guys to go. So here's the fucking, here's the implication, man. So David Buss, father of evolutionary psychology, he wrote in 2015, he wrote about the, the challenges you have when you have an asymmetry in terms of education between men and women. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is something that he said, quote, we must look deeply into our mating psychology to understand the far reaching consequences of the sex ratio imbalance. So that is when you have a disproportionate number of one sex to another uh, in uh, an area. Women and men have both evolved multiple mating strategies. Some of the gender pursue casual hookups, some committed partnerships, some alternate at different times of their lives and some do both simultaneously. And although a few social scientists deny the data, research overwhelmingly shows that men harbor on average a greater desire for sexual partner variety. Shock. Men experience more frequent sexual thoughts throughout the day, have more sexual fantasies involving multiple partners, and readily sign up for online dating sites for the sole goal of casual sex. So a surplus of women among educated groups caters precisely to this dimension of men's sexual desires because the rare agenda is always better positioned to get what they want on the mating market. So what you see in colleges where there is a surplus of women and a scarcity of men is more casual dating because the men get to make the rules. If there are fewer men than there are women, the women have to compete. And the only way that they can compete is by playing the game that the men want. Conversely, in a college where you have more men than you do women, you have more long-term relationships because the men have to play the game that the women want. A surplus of women amongst educated groups caters precisely to this dimension of men's sexual desires because the rare agenda is always better positioned to get what they want on the mating market. Roll it forward a little bit. You now have two-thirds to one-third educated women to educated men. On the whole, women don't want to date a man that is less educated, less rich, and lower status than them, and also one that's shorter than them. You are going to have an ever-increasing group of women competing for an ever-decreasing group of high-performing men. The men that sit below them don't, get, <laughs> don't, don't win anything. So the, the, there's more incels, there's more underperforming men, 
white collar but... women don't want to date blue collar go- uh, blue collar guys and most of the women even the ones that went to college they're now competing for this tight group of chads at the fucking super performing rowing chads <laughs> at the top and the only ones that win are these fucking turbo weapons the nine out of ten and ten out of ten guys that have got mbas the ones who are able to outperform intellectually socially and uh, monetarily the women they're the only ones that are left that are able to date so nobody wins except for chad chad wait 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 wait. why does it always have to be okay but i was if it's two to one all you have to do is make it into college and you got two to one odds baby that's it that's not hard Go to tech. Getting into Texas A&M is not hard. You and I could right now take whatever <laughs> test necessary and get into Texas A&M. Sorry, I apologize to anyone. That's actually Texas that's probably A&M. not true. I think it's actually a pretty prestigious school. I, let's say You're like saying LSU, that because okay? you live Louisiana there and you State. don't want to be you don't want to be berated by them on the street. No, okay. Let's let's do Louisiana State. <laughs> I've heard from I've heard from people LSU. You just have to sign your name on a few tests and they'll let you in. That's what I've heard from 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 people who have gone to LSU. Mind you, I'm not not this is okay. So what I got from this and I why I was smiling while you were talking and I didn't want to interrupt, but I I did at some point was. All you have to do then in 10 years from now is just go to college and the babes are going to come at you. Here's one for you, man. The difference in right swipes on Tinder for a guy with a master's degree versus a bachelor's degree is, I want to say 90% more. So you get 90% 90 more right swipes if you've got a master's degree versus a bachelor's degree on Tinder. This is in John Burgess. Anyone that wants to fact check me, this is in John Burgess' Datanomics. I, I, honest to God, I'll tell you right now, I don't understand women. <laughs> I, uh, I just don't, not in, not in the sense of like, oh, I don't understand them. They're stupid. It's like, no, no, no. Like I literally thought that I might have an inkling of an understanding of what a woman 90%. wants and what a woman thinks. 90%. I don't. Stick about for one year. So if you've got your bachelor's degree and you think, do I want to stick about and do this master's? That look, man, it's a year of your life. It's going to be a bit expensive. You're going to have to work hard. But dude. 90% better conversions on Tinder for the rest of your life. That's what they should put on the enrollment thing. Fuck the course. Doesn't matter about the course. I, you get to God. have 90% better conversions on Tinder. Dude, if if like uh, all that these schools need to do are start making snarky comments on TikTok and then promoting <laughs> their programs and, and promoting their programs with um, with stats like that, Hey, if you enroll now, there's a and and you end up graduating our course. There's a ninety percent chance that you will get more swipes than someone who doesn't. Come on in. I'd go. I would probably I did. go too. I man. did. I did. Oh, I did man. get a master's. I did it for not for that reason, but well, it worked out. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, yeah, it's a mess. It's a it's a real fucking mess. And um, who knew? Who knew that you're gonna have all of these hyper educated, hyper rich babes? walking around just dry as the desert so that's not able the to get any you know is that is it sucks for everyone it even sucks it sucks for women sucks for men the only people that win are the high performing men but it's not high performing to get into college if it's two to one girls mm, no right? so it's women want to date up and across so it wouldn't just be guy with a college degree it's usually equal or or above in terms oh, okay. of status gotcha. education so if you if fucking if it if this continues to happen and you have women getting like master's level education at some insane rate, the guys that want, if they do want to sort of play that game, they're going to have to continue to, oh, to fucking I know what you're saying. play catch up because you. women, women are the sexual gatekeepers. So they always determine the minimum level 
that it goes at. The difference is obviously when you're on a college campus that's got a surplus of girls or anywhere. So I think New York City has far more women than guys. And you see the same thing there, that women adopt more male uh, dating strategies because they need to play the game that men are playing. Yeah. Fucked. It's it's very, very fucked. And I think that just online dating is, again, we're at a period now. It's like the loading screen for online dating. You know, there's the wild, wild west, which I love that term. When Tinder came out, boy, was that shit fun. I was in college that year. It was so fun. Dude, I remember. No one really understood it. I remember being on Tinder and running out of swipes in the middle of a city. That's how few people were on the app. Yeah, yeah. That it wasn't because you actually ran out of swipes. It was because like there wasn't there was no users. one less. Yeah, right. And that was fun, dude. That was really fun. And now we're in this period where it's like, okay, now the rubber's hitting the road, uh, so to speak, and we're trying to navigate what it does to the human mind to have that many people say that they're interested in you. And when I mean that many, I mean like 50 to 100 on one app. Whether you're a girl looking for a guy, a guy looking for a girl. So guys don't get that many swipes, typically. On average, most right. guys get almost no swipes. Almost, you mean almost no like matches? Correct, yes. Yeah, so, so what happens though if like, if a girl or a guy has four or five even, five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten... I think if you do it long enough, there's there's a chance that you can get up to 10, I would say. I know women have hundreds. I know they do. I've seen women have shown me their apps and it's just like, and it just goes on. What is that? What does that do to one's psyche? Do we know what it does? Do we understand it yet? Or are we still in this loading screen? Are we still kind of just determining where we go from here? 50% of couples last year met online. Right. And that number is going to keep going up. 50% that, you know that number, of couples you know that, met online. You know that number is going to go up next year. It'll be 60%. Right? Are we capable? Is our brains capable of understanding 50 different people and determining which mate suits us? I don't think we are. I don't think we... Just being exposed to this many people is so weird. I think we talked about this. Maybe we have talked about it in passing because you and I talk a lot. But the fact that we are exposed to so many interactions on a personal level. So if someone comments, man, this video is awesome. Chris, you make great content. Seriously, I think you're a great guy. Let's say there's hundreds of those on a on a one video, which by the way is possible and it has happened for you. That amount of positive interactions is not okay for the human psyche. It's not. Okay? Because what does that do to your ego? And then as soon as someone says something negative, what does that do to your ego? You know, how how ill-equipped is your ego to take on one negative thing because you get hundreds of positive things a day? Now, take that into the date, dating space. You have 100 matches. What does that say about how you're going to interact with a potential mate in the future? What are you going to do when 
you know, someone is actually suited for you in real life, but in the in your pocket you have a hundred other suitors. I don't know if we're we're ready for that. No. No, we're not, in short. We're not humans aren't designed to fucking consume the entire world's news in real time twenty four hours a day. Of course we're fucking not. Like all of this hypernormal stimuli just fucks everybody up. But it's here to stay. So this is the thing, like for a long time I got really irritated. I still am. I, I, I feel bad about my phone use, even if it's half an hour a day, because I usually in retrospect don't enjoy the time that I spent on my phone. I wish I'd spent it in a different way. And for a while, I remember sort of fighting against it and thinking about how I could make the world a different place. And now it's more like, okay, this is here to stay. How can I accommodate the things that are happening? How can yeah. I accommodate this technology into my life? How can I have rules and procedures and values and virtues that keep me right? around this it's like it's like walking down the street like being someone that is potentially a heroin addict walking down the street and having to actively avoid needles like that's kind of the situation right. that we're in because in yeah. our evolutionary ancestry it would have been very very useful to have got more information information was quite scarce there was maybe a hundred people in your tribe 70 of whom were actually fucking useful and interesting. So what we did, there's a guy that was on Sam Harris's show and he talks about the fact that we're information foragers. They say that we were constantly on the lookout for information in the same way that a squirrel forages for food, we forage for information. And typically information would have been super fucking scarce. Like if you've ever spent an amount of time around people without any distractions or phone or connection to the outside world and it's a small number of people, after a while you kind of, unless they're interesting people, you kind of run out of stuff to say. And you're like, yeah. I've heard That's, all these ha- That happens to me on dates. That happens to me on dates. Some dates end up going on for like f- four, five, six hours. Yeah. Just kind of because we don't really have anything better to do. It's like if, if I end the date, I'm going to go home and get on my phone. Yeah. So it's like we're here. We're whatever. Let's just keep talking, whatever. Just sit here in silence and stare at the wall. We just don't have anything else to talk about. Yeah. So... But what, we, what we've got now is all of this information. Oh, that, that might be useful. That might help me survive. That might help me reproduce. And none of it does. None of it does. It's fucking, it's clapped, man. But yeah. dude, Zach Tallender, ladies and gentlemen. Zachy boy, where should people go if they want to check out your stuff? Uh, go to my YouTube channel. Just my name, Zach Tallender. Also go on uh, my Instagram, coach underscore ZT. Uh, I have a Patreon and there you can find weightlifting programs and general strength programs for super cheap. What else? That's probably it. That's it. I love That's it. it man. Oh, I have a, I have a subreddit now. That's sick. Yeah. That's fucking so I've sick. got a subreddit. I've got like, uh, I think like 1500 people on there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So if you, if you go there too, there's a bunch of incels talking about weightlifting. No, they're good people. They're I really people. like them. Yeah. I love it, man. Cheers. Thanks for having me.